All right, hello, welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing One Ring, second edition tonight. We are continuing our Waking of Angmar campaign, and uh, we are playing Hurt uh, a little bit tonight. Uh, Melissa and I, as some of you know, we've been hit with a plague. Uh, so for the past week or so, we've been off games. Uh, COVID finally got us three years, three years, and it finally got us. Uh, I know Steven's feeling a little under weather as well. I made and, it five uh, days longer than you, though. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm still older and I have more hair. So, ha. Okay, okay. <laughs> low blow, low blow. <laughs> I know. I felt really bad about it when I said it. Uh, so, anyhow, uh, we are back. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be playing tonight. Uh, we're very excited because it's episode 48. We're closing in on episode 50. We have some details to share. Uh, for some awesome giveaways, we're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to be doing for, for episode fifty, which is probably not going to be until the twenty fifth of March, is where I think we're going to probably land on. Um, but we're going to start plugging some of that. Uh, we're going to get um, our good friends, Norris Friends, are going to help out. We got our uh, we got some folks over at Free Leaguers giving us some goodies that we can give away uh, for uh, for wondering stuff. So we're going to have all sorts of wonderful things popping up uh, over by the end of March uh, when it comes to comes to episode fifty. Uh, not necessarily going to have any grand major things happening in the story, but we're going to go ahead and just give stuff away because uh, this game's awesome. You all are awesome. And uh, we want to do what we can to, to give you some cool things as well. Uh, so, uh, so it's episode 48. It's probably going to be a shorter up tonight. Uh, we'll see how long my voice can uh, my voice can uh, last. I was in a two hour, no, actually there was like a four hour meeting yesterday for work and like at a certain point, I was just like, I don't have a voice anymore. I started to talk and it's just like, oh, wow, that's pretty bad. So we'll see how it goes. But we're largely feeling better. Uh, so uh, here we go. TPK 25 per character. Hey, I'm down for that. Uh, let's just get let's just get rid of them. Just get rid of them. And, uh, and we move on and we play a different game, right? Right. Or do we play our two towers? Because wake, we're calling. We, we've jerked <laughs> around and we call it. We've called waking of Angmar our fellowship of the ring, and then we have to do this two more times, uh, like with our two towers and our return of the king. Hundred and fifty so. episodes confirmed. Oh my gosh! Can you? Can you? Oh jeez! And then we have to do the Hobbit stuff, right? <laughs> I'm really. Oh god! We have to do Go the back and do prequels. <laughs> we have to do prequels after that. <laughs> oh god! I have only so much. Uh, I do have I do actually have some ideas for other campaigns. Uh, so I do think at some point we will do another lengthy campaign. I don't know if it'll be on the immediate heels of this one, but we will definitely be doing uh, more. Not that we're ending anytime soon. We still have several months of wondering left uh, before I think we hit hit an, hit a point where I think we're ready to, to step away. So before we do that, why don't we start getting into our character introductions so uh, so I can stop talking for a moment and other people can talk. So Long, who are you playing, man? Yeah, I'm playing Floy, a treasure hunting dwarf. Are you far down the shadow path these days? Uh, grasping and mistrustful. Still looking for treasure. Classic adventuring stuff. How far down are you out of curiosity? Like how many uh, have you taken? Taking two now. Taking two? You're halfway down. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in the game, so for those of you who are unfamiliar, we don't really talk about this too much, but we do. So there's the shadow path, whereas you accrue shadow points, you can eventually start going down a path and taking on new negative traits, basically, is what they are. And they're, the, what path you're on is, is kind of tied to your calling. 
And so the treasure hunter is, is what's it called? Do you know what it's called long? There's a name for each of them. I'm going to ask everybody else. It was about the dragon sickness. Is it dragon sickness? Okay. Yeah. Cause you get obsessed with, uh, with gold and you get obsessed mm. with, with treasure and things like that. So, yeah. Okay. And that one little thing I told you about before where you had like the fourth in the, in the tier, you don't have that anymore. Like, that yeah, that was like flavored for something. Mm-hmm. There are reasons that might come to light at some point about why that was. Mm. Okay. Uh, very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, next up, Ashley, tell us about Gilly Kettlegrass. I'm playing Gilly Kettlegrass. She's our Bree-Blooded Hobbit. She's a scholar. Her shadow path is Lure of Secrets. Um, and she hasn't gone down it at all. Um, but she does have three shadow scars remaining. Um, she did get rid of one last Yule. Um, and yeah. That's kind of where we're at. She's still hearing this like creepy crackling noise ever since we were up in Ingmar. Um, and it's really starting to haunt her again. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. A uh, little PTSD, I guess, for Gilly, but also maybe mm-hmm. something more. Is it really happening or is it J- Gilly just sort of, uh, sort of just hearing it? That's the kind of the question right now. Okay. Uh, what is that it- stuff within your earrings? Uh, tinnitus. 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 Yeah, she's just got tinnitus. <laughs> Dude, I would not do that to you. I Mom, have tinnitus. Thank it you. Is, oh god, I hate it so much. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, when you have tinnitus and you go to bed at night. It's it's rough. You just oh. hear all the sounds at that point, and you're just like your eyes are wide open, and you're like, <laughs> oh man. Okay. All right. Next up, uh, Melissa, tell us about Arineal. Uh, yeah, so Arineal is our um, Ranger of the North champion. Um, I think I've been trying to age because I think you're supposed to like age when we um, do Yules, I think, is kind of like when everybody ages. So I think she's now like 23, if I've been doing that correctly. So she's, you know. We've had two Yules. So yeah, that makes sense. Two, basically two years. A little bit um, older. Um so she uh, switched out her trusty snowshoes for a fishing net uh, when we started off on this adventuring phase. So that's what she kind of alternates between because she is still does not have enough treasure to have two uh, items on her. So she still just has the one for more treasure and she'll actually be able to get a second item. So, you know, there's yeah. that. You do know I've put a lot of treasure into the game. Uh, and often on adventures, I put treasure probably more than I should at times. And then Floyd just takes it all. Uh, Black hole and, named Floyd. And everybody's cool yeah. with it, apparently. <laughs> so and I, I still take uh, take some. but uh, And then I also uh, switched out my uh, sword. I now have um, yeah. a no Zagar sword of spirits. It's fun watching Melissa try to pronounce things I write on, on handouts for her. It's really good. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Uh, Thank yeah. You I mean, give I'll, us like phonetics. So. I do. <laughs> oh, I didn't even have it open. I was just looking yeah. at the. I spoil. So okay. I put out these items up on Foundry for like the magical items, and if it has a if it has a name that isn't clear, like you know, I try to give the pronunciation or at least how I'm going to be pronouncing it so that we have consistency. And usually, like there's like a touch, like I little have like a little history blurb and all that kind of stuff. Most of them really enjoy it. Stephen gives it away to random NPCs. So. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be discharged 
It's true. But then like a year later, you'll make another character who will get that item back. So it's all good. It's all good. And I'll still give it away. I just got to find you the right still, person. You just got to find the right. I'm surprised you didn't give it to your to your your rural ghillie friend when you were wandering. I should have. Yeah, oh, you totally should have. That would have been great. <laughs> oh, too bad. Uh, all right. Go ahead and tell us about Daggett, too, while you're at it. Daggett, son of Snook, is a dwarven captain. Uh, he's got an unruly beard, wild hair, a crooked nose that was broken a few sessions ago. Um, and he is wielding a new axe called Block Fong, something like that. Uh, Block Fong, that sounds about right. Um, he got that from Lottie. Such a troll. <laughs> uh, and uh, I've, I'm the newest member of the fellowship, but still the oldest. And I have gone down my shadow path, unlike Gilly. Which one's yours as, uh, as the yeah. captain? Lure of power. Lure uh, of power. Okay. Yeah. So I'll be resentful, arrogant, overconfident, and then tyrannical. So y'all better start doing what I say. All that checks out, I think. That's that's perfect. I don't think that's going to go very well. The, right. uh, newbies not with a radial, that's for sure. Tyrannical, that is not going to go over well. Well, if we learned anything, Daggett might want to be tyrannical and take control. But if the travel that we were just on last couple oh, episodes is any indication, this son of a bitch should not be in charge of anything because, dear God, you're failing travel rolls left and right. All right. Shall we do this? You ready? Let's do it. All right. So you're you're headed to Tharbad. That's ultimately where we're headed. You're hoping to recruit Thorvum and Thievi, your old dwarven friends, uh, that first uh, that you first worked with when you went up to Angmar, actually. Uh, they were kind of from that dwarven colony south by the Dunlins who were tracking Rotag, and Rotag being one of the big the big uh, early bosses of our of our campaign, uh, the, the, what ended up being an Olag High. And you all allied up with them, you met up with them in Angmar, and you worked together to take down Rotag. You went your separate ways, however, uh, but now that you've lost Marimbed and Talondale, now that you've lost Sorendir, you're looking for reinforcements to try to help you go back to Angmar, finish the quest, the task that you've been given by uh, by the Lady Ortolos of, of Forlond, but also just figure out, just is there anything else you can potentially do to help kind of quell this, this growing threat? So you started traveling out of the Blue Mountains. And uh, it was a it was a slow travel. Part of that was because it was the heat of summer. Uh, part of it was because Daggett sucks at travel rolls, uh, and also because there were several like kind of strange events that started to plague you along the way. Nothing outright uh, hostile, uh, I would say, but certainly strange occurrences started to plague you. It started when you were in the Blue Mountains when this geyser uh, essentially nearly drowned Floy and possibly some creature within that geyser stole his shoe, stole his boot. Later. You found this uh, this mystery at an isolated farmhouse east of the Blue Mountains. It was a human farm. It was well kept, well managed. It looked like it was the, the upkeep was recent, but for some reason it was missing its occupants. There were no signs of violence. There was, you know, the fields were active, as if somebody had been tending to them very, very recently. You did find uh, a couple sickly goats in the barn, and also a strange grave dug beneath the floorboards. There's this large flock of black birds that was hiding in the fields and kind of flew away as like this one massive flock eastward once they were discovered. Um, most most of the stay here was was fine. However, overnight, Arineal disappeared 
And when Gilly and Daggett were looking around this in the, in the morning, they found first that those goats had been slaughtered. Uh, and secondly, they noticed that Arineal had uh, buried herself or someone else had buried her in that grave beneath the barn. Uh, you didn't really linger at that point. You just got the hell out of there and uh, you kind of pushed on. Uh, so you traveled on for a bit with that kind of you know incident in the back of your minds. Uh, there was some flooding around the streams when you were crossing over the River Loon. Uh, I think it was Floyd who found this scattered and abandoned collection of toys, toys that in the right light actually bore a striking resemblance to yourselves and people you know. Uh, I think Floyd almost lost another boot at that point as well. Uh, I'm just taking all of his shoes piece by piece. A few days later, uh, southwest of the hills of Evendim, you discovered this massive effigy, this huge scarecrow that was basically the size of a giant. It was in the middle of a meadow. It was atop this old tree stump. There was no actual crop nearby, though, and there was no signs of anyone living within miles and miles and miles of this place. It was just this strange, isolated effigy. But within, the, within that meadow, you once more discovered another flock or maybe the same flock of blackbirds, which just erupted uh, from the field, swarmed you momentarily, kind of knocked over the effigy at one point, uh, and then flew away. Uh, you were able to kind of get everybody out okay once more, kept journeying eastward and southward. You eventually made camp along the White Downs, just west of the Shire. There, Floy, you were kind of lured once more by the sound of reverie. You found, again, more hobbit folk, some faces you remember, some faces you might not. You actually even were able to see the face of your fairy wife before your memories kind of got clogged with drink and song and whatnot. Daggett, you befriended a young hobbit woman uh, that we have affectionately, I think, nicknamed Rural Gilly. Uh, but I think we called, I think her name is Millie. Isn't that what we Millie. ended up with? I think it was Millie. Yeah, yeah Millie. But it's Rural Gilly who totally outdrank you uh, and watched as you try to somersault down these darkened hills as you were looking for Floy. I did not uh, try. I succeeded at that somersault. Did you? We never actually rolled for that, I don't think. But, you know, maybe. Uh, Spend a hope for a magic success. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. <laughs> meanwhile, Arineal and Gilly, you in the same area, you found you followed the sound of this solemn choir and you discovered a procession of elves that were journeying out of the Shire and westward towards you. what you would probably be able to discuss as the Grey Havens. Uh, the two of you, I think, are, are knowledgeable enough to probably piece that together. In the morning, you had some renewed hope. Uh, you continued to cross the Shire. It was a relatively uneventful trek, uh, it, but there was some reverie that was going on, some parties that were being uh, uh, being planned. You stayed for a night at the Prancing Pony, I believe. No, not the Prancing Pony, excuse me. What am I talking about? The Green Dragon uh, in Hobbiton, I believe it was. Uh, and then you kind of continued eastward across the Brandywine Bridge, and then eventually you saw the familiar sight of Bree. So that is where we will pick up with you all having uh, just ventured inside. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of, you're still on the kind of Great East Road. You see off to the east. You can see that activity on the road itself up the greenway. Uh, you can see the familiar peaks of the houses, the hills. You can see some of the farmland all throughout. You can see there's folks that are coming and going from their work. We'll put it midday towards uh, maybe the latter half, not yet, not yet evening time. Uh, but we'll say you all have returned to Bree. What do y'all want to do? I'm sure we all have business in Bree. We can, we can finish it now. Keep the journey on. Uh, shall we meet for lunch at my parents' house? 
Sounds lovely. I could go for a meal. Agreed. Okay. Uh, so as long as we're not doing... So this is how it'll work. We're technically still in journey phase. You have a choice. You can either stop this journey completely. We do the we do the closed journey rank stuff. And then you start up a new one when you're ready to leave Bree to go down to Tharbad. Or we can just do a handful of like little spot check-in scenes. And then we can keep going and stay on the same journey. I'm fine either way. Do you have a preference? Gilly, it, it does appear that time is of the essence. Is it okay if this visit is a bit shorter than normal? I anticipated it would be. Um, out of character, how's everybody's fatigue? I think we're all at six, maybe? Yes, Less six. or more? Well, I don't think Arenial's at six. I am not at six. Yeah. But thanks for asking. Such an OP ability. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so OP. All right, so is are we doing just a, a quick quick check-in like a, a stay overnight and then we leave is that the idea yeah okay fair that enough much. fair enough uh all right so if that's the case we'll, we'll, we won't do any sort of end of travel stuff yet um so why don't we just sort of you all tell me you can kind of set them up tell me what you're doing when what you're looking to accomplish here in this 24-hour period that you're you're lingering in brie and i'll tell you what i got for you so who's doing what Find any anyone coming up from the south, see ask them about how the roads are, then anything weird, unexpected. Great. That's actually a really good idea. So why don't you give a quick roll? Uh let's see. Um if you're just looking to to just kind of get some information, uh it could be something as simple as courtesy or persuade, something like that. Uh it's something that you're gonna get from somebody as they come up. You're looking for anybody who might have recently ventured up the up the, the north-south road there from Tharbad. All so right, the, I'll do a little courtesy. Okay. Uh unfortunately I've failed. Okay. Uh, you're still going to find some. It's just a question of how much info you might get. Uh, so we'll say you find people who refer, I mean, like there, so we'll say you, maybe you go over to the dwarf house uh, and, and Brie, uh, which is a place that has been referenced a few times. And you probably have stayed there, I would say, at a certain point. Uh, it is, I treat it almost like a little embassy type place uh, where dwarves might come and go. Uh, and not only that, but where certain people you've met along the way have probably, probably stopped. Uh, there's a couple different folks who've come in out, who come in and out the, but the, the actual, uh, the actual per, like the pro- proprietor of the dwarf house is, is Lukey, uh, is his name. Uh, and so when you kind of check in, you don't hear any news of any kind of dwarfs going down there, coming or going. You know that some of your Blue Mountain brethren come and go. Um, they go on these long treks for uh, you know, for various various goods. And you've also recently, I would say, back when you were in Forlorn, you met Alrecker and Alina, which were people who are out of Tharbad as well. Uh, maybe even inquire about them directly. You don't get anything uh, like that. You do hear, however... Uh, that there was that there hasn't been trouble out of the ordinary, uh, banditry here and there, but usually nowhere within a day or two of uh, of Tharbad. 
uh, and you hear news that that Master Gurnow, who is like kind of the the head of the the city, um, keeps a fairly uh, keeps a fairly tight circle around the city itself, uh, and so that if you're close enough to it, usually his guards, and maybe you might even hear his own bandits. Like if if because like you, maybe you hear like a rumor about how if anyone's going to know anything about how to keep banditry at bay. It's an old bandit himself, uh, so there's nothing like that along the road that you're that you're too concerned with. Um, but there are people who are actually referred to as refugees coming up out of Tharbad, and you, you, I would say the the one thing you would get is is sort of this vague sense that there are folks that were happy to get out of there, and was not easy for them too. But you don't meet anyone in specific. It's more like rumor mongering, rumor mill from from the dwarf house. You got it. Okay. What are other folks doing? Steven went for an invisibility spell, <laughs> successfully cast it, rolled a gandy. Uh, Gilly or Renio, what do you want to do? Uh, Gilly just heads home. Uh, she's going to spend time with her parents, uh, just restock on provisions, sweetgrass, etc. <laughs> the essentials. Got to get that sweetgrass. Okay, uh, sure. So I'll tell you what. Uh, let me roll a quick little feet die here. Okay. Um, when you get home, uh, it's middle of the day, so you maybe I'm not sure if they're out in the fields uh, or if they're uh, if they're home. But we'll say at some point later in the evening, uh, Prim and uh, and Tolman. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come home. They see you. They're, you probably let yourself in at some point, didn't you? Have like a long, like you had like your own apartment, right? Like kind yeah, of yeah, kind of like side. behind. Yeah, like yeah. Gilly, Gilly moved out, but she didn't fully move out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, and so they're extraordinarily happy to see you. Uh, you can see that that your mother kind of comes up and kind of grabs you by the cheeks and kind of looks you up and down. Your 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 father kind of comes up, kind of sniffs your hair a bit, and says. I uh, don't smell much of the life on you. You've been running lot there, little girl. Uh, we had to use it to help uh, get us out of a sticky situation. So unfortunately, I didn't. I haven't had any. You uh, you used it for to get out of a sticky situation. Well, what, what what do you mean by that? And Gilly's never really shied away from telling her parents like what they've what's happened so she mm-hmm. goes into the whole tale of like the bear beast and how she used him to stop yeah. it no more I can't hear anymore and you see him just kind of collapse onto a couch or a chair Gilly my dear how could you how could you waste such wonderful leaf there's so many other things you could have burned instead of the instead of the sweet grass. But the oh, smell goodness. was what what we really needed, and that was the best. Well, you, well, you're you trying can't deny to, it. Well, you're trying to temper the the anger of the beast with the the wonderful um, yeah. smell and effects of the grass. Is that totally. what you're doing? Yeah. I suppose there's some. There's some wisdom to that, but... Dad, it worked. <laughs> did it? Oh, I suppose we'll never know. Oh, I just... It just breaks my heart to think of all of that... Wa- all of that wasted. Well, 
haven't had a very good crop, mind you. It's, it's been very dry this summer. Haven't got much in the way of rains. I worry that we're not going to have as much as usual. Probably going to have to tighten our belts through the winter. That's fair. Uh, and uh, then Gilly has like gotten uh, some treasure and stuff that she's had. Uh, so she gives that to her parents. Oh, God, my good. Where are you finding these things? Oh, this is too much, girl. What are you doing? No, no, this is much too. And she, they, they're both kind of like very the classic. No, no, we can't. Yeah. This is this is what you did. This is yours. These are your treasures. We don't have any need for these. And Gilly does the whole thing, like you know, like when your friends like, oh, don't give me gas money, and you like hide it in their car somewhere so they can find it later. Throughout the day, Gilly's just hiding this around the house and everything. Just thinking he's got to go check his car. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, is that a thing? Should I have been? I do that. I've Uh, never done that in my life. But now that I'm wondering, I'm like, man, (laughs) when I sold my last car, there's probably like a hundred bucks worth of gas money. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Uh, Your mother will um, will talk to you as well. Well, darling, uh, I've got some... Well, I've got some worrisome news. uh, And some humorous news. Which one would you rather hear? Uh, worrisome. Well, I was speaking with Alcott the other day, and uh, it seems your your lumberjack friend, your uh, Elise, she's come down with something. She was attacked. She was up oh. there in the Chetwood. She was keeping an eye on your your ranger friend, Arinio's home, and well, something something assaulted her in the middle of the night. She took a terrible oh, wound and. She's been bedridden now for oh, a fortnight, it seems. Alcott can't make heads or tails of the wound. Doesn't know what to do at all. She best she can do is keep it at bay and keep her comfortable. But this is quite terrible. Quite terrible. Oh. We've spoken up? with some of the dwarves in the dwarf house, but the dwarves don't know a thing or thing at all about proper healing. They thought about maybe sending a messenger out west, uh, across the Shire, to one of the Elvish communities, but uh, uh, no one really knows who to talk to. Oh, I'll, I'll have to go see it myself. Well, she's over at the Sweet Roots, as you might expect. Alcott's uh-huh. been, well, for the first week, kind of kept her strapped down so she wouldn't go walking away, but now she's so sick herself that she can't go go doing that. Oh, that's terrible. It is. It's What's... quite terrible. She's such a good old... She's just a good woman, that Elise Briar, Cleve. Yeah. Always chicken in on us, always asking about you and your friends and your adventures and doing this and that and the other. You know, she's been on alone, alone her whole life here. You know, no, no, no husband, no, no family. It'd be such a shame if anything happened to her. And yet she yeah. is. Sick as can be. Alcott even said death's door might be the type of thing we're talking about before long. Yes. What What was the humorous news Gilly asked as she's, like, getting her pack together to, like, go check on her? Oh, well. I can tell you a funny story about old Marge Oakstout. Yeah. If it wasn't all three, four days ago, I think it was that we... The kettle grasses of all people, well, we got ourselves a visit by the Reeve. 
if you can believe it. Yes, the Reeve came here, Cole Pickthorn himself, in all his glory and all his politicking, knocking on our wee door. Looking for you, actually, and your friends. Because apparently Marge Oak Stout, well, caused all manner of fuss. And, uh... We've heard different tales. We've heard everything from, well, she threw a jar of pickles at him, or she just threw pickles, or whatever it might be, but... But the Reeve arrested her. Can you believe it? Arrested her. I didn't even know he had a jail, but, uh, yes, there it was. And so she's been in jail now for several days. But that's not even the funny part about it, Gilly. You see, when he came looking for you he was looking for you because he can't get her to leave. Oh, no. She just won't go. Like I said, he doesn't have a proper jail, so he's been keeping her locked up in one of the bedrooms in the Reeves' house, and now she just won't go away. And he's just, oh, Miss Sweetgrass, Miss Sweet, can you, or Kettlegrass, can you do something about it? And I just, I don't know her at all. No, that's my, that's my little girl. It's, it's Gilly who knows her. Yeah, and oh, oh, I'll have to, I'll have to tell my friends about this. Um, do you mind if they come over for dinner after I go check in? Of course we don't mind. What kind of question is that, you ding bat? It's, yes, yeah, yeah, just be, this is what happens when you don't, you don't smoke enough. Your, your brain's all fuddled in the wrong sorts of ways. That's true. Hmm. But that poor Reeve, oh goodness, I've never seen a man so beside himself. His hair all ruffled up, looks like he hasn't slept for for weeks, for weeks. I don't know what she's doing to him, but I'll tell you, oh, I think he's he's at wit's end is what he's at. I can imagine. Well, (laughs) anyhow, off with your gift, my best Alcott. Love and kisses. Of course. And, and Gilly gives her mom a big old hug before she, you know, bounds out the house. Oh, we'll talk. see you later. I don't know. I don't want to let go of you. Now go, go, girl. Take care of your business. <laughs> All right. Uh, Arineal or Daggett, are you guys doing anything? So I feel like Arineal would have gone uh, straight to uh, Marge's house. And so would have, like, gone over... And just would be like opening the gate, knocking on the door. Uh, okay. So if you do that, uh, at a certain point, uh, as you're knocking on the door, the creak of the gate, all that kind of stuff happening, uh, you hear the sound of another gate open next door, and or we'll say across the street. And you see that uh, kind of a, a large woman, um, you'd probably put her uh, shy of Marge Oak, Oak, Oak Stout's age. Uh, but I would say you might know her, uh, or at least know her name. Uh, Mrs. Kemble is her name. And when she comes out, she says, I don't know who you're looking for there, sweetie, but she's not in anymore. We're going to be selling the house pretty soon if she doesn't return, but... Um, but no, she was arrested. Yeah, proper criminal she is. I uh, now, uh, Miss Marge always has a 
quite a sharp tongue on her. Are you telling me someone actually arrested her for that this time? There's sharp tongues, and then there's what that woman is wielding, and it's far sharper than any blade I've ever seen. No, 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 she got in trouble with the law, yes. The wardens came around asking questions, and, well, I guess she said some of the things she shouldn't have said. You know, the type of things when you say them out loud, you mean to keep them inside, and... One thing led to another, and all of a sudden we see old Cole Pickthorn come running out of the house, getting chased by this batty old woman. She's got a broom in one hand, and she's got a handful of pickles, and she's just throwing them left and right, and starts beating them right there in the middle of the street. It's all he could do to save a bit of face, but he got up off the ground, got a few of his friends, his other wardens, they came on over with... They didn't know whether to laugh, whether to help, whether to knock her on the head with one of their uh, one of their weapons, and well, off she went. The attack of the flying pickles, you say? This is what. Uh... Oh, they weren't flying. She was throwing them, and she's an old woman. She doesn't have the strongest arm, but one of them got him square in the eye. He couldn't open his eyes for the rest of the day. I've heard stories, his eyes all red like pink eye, and so that's what folks calling him now. Yes. Well, that just sounds uh, quite old, so... Old pick eye pickthorn, pink eye pickthorn, that's what they called him, yes. Well, that 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 is certainly a mouthful of a thing to say there. I'm not quite sure I'm going to take a stab at it. Uh, but, uh, so you say she is... In, in jail for this uh, oh, well. travesty of human decorum. Well, from what I know, Mr. Pickthorn brought her back to the Reeves' house and was just going to give her a stern talking to, but I, I don't know what was said. I've heard uh, quite rude things, uh, obviously. Uh, she said more than a handful of, well, uh, ill-spoken words that I won't repeat right now about the quality of the wardens, the unfairness of their treatment of her son, and then, well, the pickles started flying. But, as far as I know, she's still there. She... Well, I... It, hmm. It does appear I that I should... I visit her. She and I aren't on the best of turns, of course, but... Uh, and you were going to sell the house? Well, we weren't going to sell the house. I have no claim to it, but someone within the city will, with her with her boy being, oh, he's, he's, well, he's ostracized himself, a criminal in his own right, and now the mother, too. Usually doesn't work in that order, but yet here we are. Yeah, it, I don't believe that that's quite telling the whole story. I don't know that I want to get into all of that nonsense in the story that you all tell about about uh, Hollis there, but uh, I will... I don't tell any stories. Watch your tongue there, young lady. I haven't said a, neat, a, a sour word on the boy my whole life. I'm just spouting facts is all. He's a criminal. He's not allowed back in Bree, and that's that. Understood. Understood. And everybody else is going to sort of... for your tone. I have ensured each time I come into town that I do some chores for uh, Miss Marge, as I did each time I'm here, and I will go. Have you seen her at the Reeves? 
No, I didn't go visiting. Like I said, we're not old friends or nothing. Okay. Well, I'm going to go uh, see how she is doing over at the Reeves. Um, thank you for the information in your time. Sure. While you're going there, you might want to take a stop in the in the market area. Maybe you can stop at the manor stall and buy a few. And she kind of turns around and starts huff in a huff, turning away from you. And Iridial is just like, clearly this person is her next door neighbor and has not cared to go see her. So she is not feeling at all like she did anything wrong. Okay. Uh, Daggett, what would you be doing? Uh, has Daggett ever been to Bree? Uh, sorry, I couldn't find the mute button. Uh, no, he's not been debris. And he has a new stone pipe, so he'd like to stock up on some of this uh, famous halfling leaf. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of places to go. Uh, there are hobbits within Bree. G- Gilly probably could have directed you some places. Um, I am sure Gilly's family might have a stall uh, in sort of a, cer- a certain area where they sell their their product when they have the product to sell not every day is market day but we'll say you're able to kind of move around within some some of the areas that you probably get onto the green uh that sort of sort of cuts through brie you know and you can see all the major you know the major locations the reeves house getting on the green i i see what you did there it's called the green i'm not making it up (laughs) man it was tolkien that guy was so high uh, so I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't think he did. Uh, but yeah, you would have no problem, I would say, in terms of kind of getting that out. Is there anything you're doing while you're kind of moving around town and all that kind of stuff? No, this is my first time in Bree, so I would just kind of like take the lazy way around everywhere just to see what a real halfling human town looks like. It's okay. very rare for me to see a settlement that's not dwarven. So the green itself uh, is is basically this wide grassy field that's essentially at the center of the town. It's on the western side of the East Road, um, and there's this famed inn that you hear that you maybe have heard stories about before. That is right there, the Prancing Pony. the The lawn has been is normally very lush. Uh, it's a very dry time of year, and so you can see that despite that, it's you know the the green itself. It's there, but it's kind of a muted green. Uh, you can you hear more than one conversation about the lack of you know lack of rain. Oh, sure, hope I'll get some storms here soon. Could use a little little water on these uh, these here uh, these here leaves. Uh, that kind of stuff. Um, there's like along the way, like you can see again, like the major buildings, the administrative buildings of Bree. There's like the counting house, the armory. There's the Reeves Hall. Um, all of these things are places you see. Folks coming and going from the army that are dressed vaguely like guards, but I would say they don't look even remotely impressive, especially when compared to those that you've dealt with at Cragstone or at Gladrock, that kind of thing. Um, you also notice that there's, um, I would say it's, we'll call it a market day since you're specifically looking for it, but you also know, so that you can see there's stalls that are set up. But there's also plenty of kids that are just running all over the place. And more than once, you probably nearly get knocked down uh, as they kind of thump, you know, bump into you. And they're like, I, I, you're a dwarf, aren't you? Oh, I, can I, can I, can I tug on your beard? Tug on my... And they tug on no? your beard and they start laughing and running away. Oh, got it, got it. And they start running. You little brats. <laughs> 
and they continue to run away and like and they dart between other people that are standing on the market stall and you call out you little brats and you can see a woman looks over to who are you calling a brat mr dwarf those ruffians that just ran away those ruffians those ruffians are six and seven years old they're menaces I, I would expect a dwarf to be made of sturdier stuff I would I just scowl and turn away how dare she <laughs> okay you start wandering oh now he's wandering away oh afraid of a big bear. <laughs> and everyone just kind of starts sort of cackling laughing it's not like crazy it lasts it lasts maybe 30 seconds and then you know it's gone bright red okay all right so we'll say you guys have spent some time daggett you're wandering around uh, around the green floy you've spent some time at the dwarf house Arinu, you went to Marg Oakstouts, and Gilly, you went to your mother. What else are you guys doing? Uh, after we regrouped, did we want to check on uh, the cabin? So, I think Gilly had, was going to follow up with Sweet Root. Okay. Were you going to do that on your own, or are you going to wait to meet everybody and then go? Um... She probably just did that on her own. Okay. Yeah. So we'll resolve that. Arineal, you're going to go check in on Marg, uh, Marge at the at the Reeves house. Were you going to do that on your own, or were you going to wait to to till after you met with others? Um, I let's see, who I <laughs> the uh, <laughs> sorry, I just had it. I just had a thought that it would be really fun to like go grab Daggett and just be like, so this is what it means to really be part of the group. So. Okay. So. Hazing. Arineal's hazing him. <laughs> I would say you probably can easily, we can say you easily happenstance run into each other because the, the Reeves house is along the green. Daggett's there wandering around. At a certain point, maybe Arineal, you show up, you see his face is bright red. He looks a little flustered and frustrated. Very uh, angry. As, yeah, we'll say pick up there. So, so what so, now? Uh, what uh, seems to be the uh, issue, Mister Daggett? Hobbit children are rotten to the core. Well, this is uh, I, I. I must say, you are the very first person who has ever made such a uh, accusation. They tugged on my beard and ran away cackling. Well, they are children, are they not? You never pull on someone's beard. Never touch a dwarf's beard. Well, I suppose someday you might meet someone who you might want to touch your beard a certain way, but I suppose that hasn't uh, happened yet for you. Arenial, are you trying to court me right now? No, I most certainly am not. I'm just saying you haven't found someone who you might want to do that. And maybe I mean, no offense, but you're a bit tall for me. It's nothing personal. Oh, oh, no, it's not. Um, and she sort of takes I a step more back. see this more platonic sort of fellowship. <laughs> yeah. Um, see, what I was actually going to um, introduce you to is we have a uh, uh, friend of ours that we always make sure to uh, say hello to anytime we're in Brie. And seeing as you are part of the uh, 
platonic fellowship, as it were. Um, this is part of what we do as a fellowship. So off we go. Fair enough. It's as long as I don't pull on my beard anymore. And right. I kind of like tuck my beard in a little bit. So it's out of reach. <laughs> and Arrhenia will sort of give the backstory of like meeting Hollis and um, all of the uh, chores with Marge that we've done uh, before as we go over to the three Hobbit kids do a drive by yank on Daddy's beard and disappear down an alleyway. Hit him with Menace. Black Fang. <laughs> okay. All right, buddy. Uh, all right. So you, you've, it's easy enough finding the, Bree, the, the Reeves house. It is very much a house, two stories. Uh, it's, uh, it is where also he lives. Uh, you can see that there are a couple of folks, ming, you know, mingling on the outside of it, but, um, you can say that it doesn't look like they're waiting to go inside. You can see they're more just sort of whispering and looking inside and like looking and snickering from time to time. Uh, but if you go and you can see like not too far from here is the, the armory where the wardens kind of hang out as well. Uh, but you go and you not kind of knock on the door and you hear, uh, you hear a familiar sound from inside or uh, like after a few moments, just scream like, you're gonna get that! Like as loud as can be, Mark Mark Oatstout's voice. I'm gonna have trouble doing Mark Oatstout's voice right now. I'm, I'm I'm afraid to say, but you hear her voice like cackle, and then the door opens up, and you see Cole Pickthorn, who a person you probably have seen prior, uh, but essentially head of the head of the town, effectively. Um, but you can see a man of decent age. Uh, you'd probably peg him maybe in his 40s or so. Slight receding hairline. You can, you can see he's got that same kind of warden's get up on, but it's not it's not armor as this is just he's sort of got kind of a stately dress to him. Uh, you can tell his eye, his right eye is just as pink and red as can be. Uh, and like, it looks like he's been rubbing it something fierce. And his other eye is just like there's a big dark ring underneath it that suggests he probably hasn't slept in quite some time. And he says, yes, what is it? Can I help you? Is this an emergency? Uh, I have to report a crime. No, he's, a crime. Okay, yes. It, no, uh, no, yes, he, Master Dwarf. What crime are we talking about? These children in the street are a menace. I've never been to a more wretched place in my life. They're all villains. I, I just, I, 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 I do uh, yeah. a, a, apologize. We were actually uh, here to uh, visit uh, Miss Marge, actually. Oh, Are cool. uh, oh, you uh, friends of hers? Please tell me you're friends of hers. I don't believe she would consider us friends, but uh, we do generally stop by her house and do a few chores when we happen to be... Uh, chores, yes, angry. yes. She's very fond of uh, telling people what chores they need to complete, especially when she's the prisoner. And you hear her, like, cackle back. Uh, but he opens the door a little wider and lets you inside. I'm, I'm sorry about the children, Master Dwarf Alves. I'll make sure we run them all out of town. Yes, uh, right. Get right on that for you. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. And anything yeah. to get out of here. You don't need me. <laughs> he's like, he's like wanting to leave. Uh, but when you go in, you see there is Marge Oakstout. Uh, there is a small room uh, on the first floor where it seems is her cell. There's a bed inside. It just looks like a guest room. And she's just kind of laying in there, got a window, shutter open. The sun, the summer sun is kind of coming through. She's got a kind of what looks like a book on her lap, but 
you, you're not, it's got a lot of pictures in it. You're not sure if she's capable of reading. And she looks up. Ah, oh, I recognize you. You're a, what's the name now? Aridial. It's, it's, it's no, Aridial. No, 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 that's not it. it, it that, yes, my name is Aridial. No, in fact, it is um, Aridial. Yes. Else. Yes, something. my name is Aridial. Aridial. G in it, The maybe. ranger. No, that's uh ranger, That's why I Get. told you there was a G in it. Yes, uh, this is my ranger friend, Mr. Pickthorn. Uh, yeah, I think he stepped out, actually. Um, he left. No, I'm still here. Yes, you won't let me leave. Uh, he's just sort of like resigned by the door like looking out uh yes uh this is uh my traveling excellent i've Daggett, given Daggett i've given Arch. mr pickthorn the full list of chores uh consult with him the two of you together i'm sure well with the oh another dwarf um i've heard so much about you the three of you then could probably knock out the list in a great little uh, time I, I'm a, a list for things to do here, a list for things to do back at your house, because I'm sure you're anxious to get back to your own home. I've right? told, I've told Mr. Pickthorn that I can't stay there by myself. I'm a wee old lady who is liable to suffer great violence and terrible things. Because my son is not allowed back in the city to keep an eye on me. And so since my son's not here, then there's really only one other thing that can be done. This eligible young man, Mr. Pickthorn, who has no family as his own and nothing else to do with his time, can keep an eye on me. Isn't that right, Mr. Pickthorn? Uh, it, it's not exactly correct. Please take it. Please. I'll pay. I'll pay. I will pay. I don't have much, but I will pay. I'm willing to do some chores for money. It, we don't get paid for the chores we do. We just, we, I, I told you this on the way over. We, we, we met Hollis. We, we made a promise and we help her. We don't get paid. Well, you're not asking Marge to pay you. Pickthorn said he'd pay, you know, that. that you were, you were entirely missing the point. You're just missing the point of this. Uh, it sounds like you're just passing up free money. I, not everything in the world must revolve around coin. You and Floy, two peas in a pod. You, you really are. Just listen, daylight's just... wasting, dearie. Ranger lady, there's well, the shutters to clean, ray paint, of course. That gate out front, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, pretty um, sure it's squeaking again. Uh, yes, I, I, just I, I, all I, throughout the kitchen. Not sure how anyone could properly prepare a meal in there with all that dust, unless you like dust on your food, of course. And don't even get me started on the whale out back. Yes, well, all of all of that seems like uh, great. I, I had a a, a thought actually. Uh, uh, Marge, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, you had a thought. Just a, a moment. <sighs> She puts her, she like kind of makes this big show of flopping the book down, even though it was already flopped down. You're interrupting my twilight years, dear. I'm trying to get some reading in before I pass away from this world, but go right ahead, share your thought. You are, uh, it's always uh, refreshing to hear your uh, worldview, Marge. I know it is, but can you get on with it, please? Uh, and so she will uh, turn to, um, 
Mr. Uh, Picklethorn, yes? It's, no, it's, it's Pickthorn. It's Pickthorn. I, got I heard someone call him Pink Eye. Master Dwarf, if you would like me to do anything about those children, I suggest heckling me, not be a I, I meant no offense. I, I heard them say it on the green. Probably the children that, you know, the same uh, beard-pulling children that villains. might come up with such a uh, name. Uh, anyhow, my, my, so my, I, was, I was wondering if we all might uh, come to an accord, perhaps. Um, I... It's been, if I recall, and I've been here and there in, in the meantime, but it, it, it appears that it's been uh, quite some time since the uh, past uh, transgressions of uh, Mr. Hollis, Oakstout. Just wondering if there might be a solution to this current problem we find ourselves in that might make everyone satisfied, perhaps. Do you uh, see where I'm going with this, Mr. Uh, Pickthorn? I absolutely do. I've sent two wardens out the past few days to search for him in the marshes, but they don't know the marshes, hide nor hair of it. They can't find him. I said if I could leave, I might be able to find myself. But then she says if I leave, well, what am I going to do when she dies in the bed? And this and that and everything. She holds me hostage. She's holding me hostage. I'm the jailer here. What's happening? If you know how to get in touch with Mr. Oakstout, you can be free to tell him that he has served his penance and he is once more welcome back within the halls. In the walls of Bree. As long as he takes his dear sweet mother out of my home and back into their own. That's all. That's all I want. Well, I, I uh, as I said, I, I've been do- doing a bit of, of traveling myself, so it is not that I have his immediate uh, coordinates available, but um, I, I did not uh, Elise have some knowledge of his whereabouts and might be able to uh, assist you in, in yes, looking? Yes, that's another problem. I've heard news from Combe that uh, apparently she is under the weather and is unable. Oh, no. She's suffered some sort of wound in the Chetwood and is unable to go find him. Oh, no. Well, this is, this is not good news at all. I would want to he gets really close to you at this point his eye one eye again it, it's, it's it's almost like a black eye with how with how dark and how much he hasn't slept and the other is just bright pink madam i will give you the key to the dang city if you get this lovely old woman out of my home please yeah if yes you can find all this i would be Forever grateful. Uh, we'll take yeah, the I, job. Thank you, Master Dwarf. Yes, he's right. We'll take the job. And he kind of like he kind of puts a hand on both of your shoulders, and so he's kind of in this awkward angle. And he's he kind of but he pulls you in both nice and close. Hurry! Awkwardly shuffle away from a rennial because they don't want to be too close right now. 
Please hurry. Yes, we, we, and, um, Arrhenial would like to, um, not that we have to kind of play this all out, but wants to do some type of a healing check to try to help his, uh, pink eye. Oh yeah, sure. Go ahead. Just do a quick roll. That's fine. Uh, Floyd, would you at some point, uh, have met up with Gilly? Was there something else you were going to do afterwards? Yeah, I probably would have headed over to the farm area and maybe seen Gilly. Okay. Travel. So maybe, maybe you'll catch Gilly as she's got her, you know, her, her pouches and stuff. Maybe you've changed, you've cleaned up Gilly after speaking with your, your parents and you're shuffling off, heading out in the direction of Alcott Suite, what's home. And that's when you see Floyd kind of running up. You can see the the goats along the side, kind of like calling out to him, recognizing his scent and face. Uh, but yeah, we'll say we'll pick up with the two of you. You can kind of figure out where you want to go from here. You in a hurry, Gilly? Yeah, I have news that Elise is injured, possibly on death's door. She's, sounds terrible. She's at the Alcott's. I'll follow you. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm curious what injured her to put her in the state if she was just in the Chetwood. Okay. So you head over to the Sweet Roots. Uh, Alcott is the, like, the, the healer of Coom. Uh, so you guys are not actually in Bree right now. You're in sort of like the suburb, essentially. Arrhenial Daggett, you still are. Uh, you knock on the door, and you see the familiar face of Graham, uh, who is... Oh! Pleasure to see you, the two of you again, Master Floyd, Miss Gilly, Miss Kesselgrass. Your parents must be overjoyed to have you back in town. Yeah, it's so good to see them. Um, oh, and, and Mr. Floor, Master Floor, we've got a fresh batch of goat's milk in if you're, uh, if you're willing to <laughs> pony up a bit of corn for it. That sounds wonderful. Oh, wonderful. Excellent. I had a feeling you'd be back here again. Now... I must tell you that they are, in fact, from, uh, try to look at her name. These, uh, they're, they're, they're going to have a wonderful, extra, extra delightful taste to them, as they are from the old books. But I will sell them to you, of course, but you cannot let Old Meadow know that I sold them to you. Understand? I'll try not to bring it up. Okay, maybe just stay away from her, her farm. Yeah. To- Entirely. Remember, I'm, she did I'm happy say, to fetch you more. Yeah. Um, are we? Is Elise able to have visitors? Oh, oh, God! Alcott's tending to her right now, switching out of bandages. Come back, yeah, yeah, come back. Of course, of course, of course. Okay. And so, yeah, she brings you back into the sort of familiar room, and it's probably the same room where uh, Talendil. Was a uh, was was kind of t- was tended to all those months and year probably a year ago at this point, right? And you see, there is the familiar face of Elise uh, in Alcott, uh, who seems to have just removed bandages from what looks to be a wound on uh, Elise's side. Uh, you can tell immediately that Elise, middle-aged woman, if you recall, uh, a hardy woman, very strong. Uh, she is. She is quite pale like very very pale noticeably so uh there are like the sh- to the sheets beneath her which are, are kind of like this off-white are are darker than her skin currently 
Uh, and when the, you know when when you come in, you can see her eyes kind of flicker open, but then quickly close as if the the room itself is too bright. And you can tell that the windows have been covered in sheets, so as not to let a lot of light in here. It's very dark in here. There's a small candle that you can see that Alcott is using to help kind of guide her instruction. But despite it being during the day, it's very very dark in here. What do you want to do? Miss Al- Alcott, how is Elise? You can see Alcott kind of holds up a finger uh, and she stands up, kind of wipes her hands and kind of leads you both probably into the hall, closes the door ever so. And she kind of speaks in, in a low, like half whisper. Um, I'm not going to speak in a half whisper, but mm-hmm. she's saying all this in, in a half whisper. And she says... Um, it's quite grave, Miss Kettlegrass. Um, from what I was able to gather from her, when she first stumbled, uh, stumbled home, she was uh, attacked. She was tending to your friends, Irenial, Talendil, Mer- forgive me, I, I don't quite know whose cottages it is any longer, but mm-hmm. she was tending to it as she promised your Irenial friend that she would. When... Something, something attacked her, and she took a terrible wound, a stab wound. I don't know what from, and I don't know what strength that woman had to make it all the way through the Chetwood, through through the night. I know it was spring and not as cold, but that is a long trick for anyone, let alone for someone at night with such a wound. I've been tending to it as best I can. I've been using all of my herbs. I've been keeping it clean, sopping it out multiple times a day, and it just won't close. I've stitched, and it just won't heal. The skin won't suture itself together. It won't scar, and and then there's the discoloration. So much of it. So dark. Blacks and purples and... And dark greens swirling about like rot. It's quite terrible. She barely sleeps, and when she does, her eyes flitter about like she's not sleeping at all. And in the morning, it's like she doesn't remember any of it, and I have to remind her where she's at. She remembers me and Graham, of course, but others have come by to check in on her and see how she's doing, but I'm not sure she's going to remember you. Miss Kettlegrass. How long has she been like that? Oh, not quite a fortnight, Mr. Floy. I'd say at least a week, maybe ten days. Uh, I've been marking the calendar. I can I can check f- to be more certain, but she's been this way for, for more than a week. I don't know whether she stayed, uh, uh, she stayed there by herself or how long it was. She tried when, you know, she first was stabbed to tend to it. I could tell there were various wounds and bolsters, but she's not the, she's not the greatest when it comes to the healing arts. I've done I, all I could. Could I see the wound? Of course, of course, yes, yes. But don't open, don't open the windows, the sunlight. It causes causes her eyes to flicker all strange, and she gets terrible pains in the head. But use the candle, dear. 
And she kind of hands over the candle to you. Yeah, so then Gilly will quietly open the door and step in and you uh you go in and you look down. Go ahead and roll a healing test. Sounds good. Uh that is a great success. Uh it is it is, it is, a, they, they keep calling it a stab wound and you think it is, but it's not a clean wound. Like it doesn't look like a clean blade, like it went in and out. Instead, it seems like the, the wound itself is, is rough. So whatever made the incision, whenever mm-hmm. kind of made the puncture, I should say, didn't do so in a kind of a, a very, it was not a well-kept blade if it was even a blade to begin with. Uh, but you can see that there's sort of like a, a fracturing or radiating of extra small little cuts here and there. So it's some sort of abnormal, you know, abnormal shape of some kind. Does it look like poison? Uh, it doesn't look so you've had f- you, you've got familiarity with poison from goblin arrows, I would say. It does not look like that. What about it, the it does poison? Look, infected something's wrong with it for sure go ahead okay like uh the nameless thing poison that floy had uh it does not look like that either no okay no this um, is, but it does it does i mean they, they there's similarities to discoloration strange smell to it not healing that kind of thing but it certainly doesn't look like any of those things or the spider bites that soren deer suffered that one time none of that looks like what you're seeing here and other than the immediate area where she was stabbed her whole torso is cold and it's pale. Uh, and I I want to attempt a healing test, but I also want to see if she's like coherent and talk to her. So uh, your healing test has already gone through, so you're good. Uh, you don't have to roll another one. Um, okay. You don't see that, that Alcott has done anything differently than you would have done. Alcott has yeah. done everything exactly the way that you would have done it you i would say you would be at a loss uh even with your great skill Mm -hmm. and to knowing just what's actually going on why this wound isn't healing okay uh oh gosh elise uh can you are you awake oh if you if you try to wake up Who's that there? Uh, it's it's Gilly Kettlegrass. Gilly. Gilly. The Hobbit girl. Yeah. Um, what did this to you? It's, I was sleeping shadow. Moved and stabbed me. It was late and uh, I was staying in the cottage and I heard a noise, strange noise, and I saw the shadow moving in the cottage. And then when I got up to look, I tried to light the lantern, and that's when I felt it 
just lunge out at me. And the cold metal right into my skin. And then away it went when I got the light on. Okay. Do you... And, and Gilly's kind of like at a loss of, of what to say. Is, is there anything you need to be more comfortable? It's too broad. It's too broad. The flame. And she's like with a very meek arm kind of holding it up towards the candle. And, and Gilly will pinch it out. Better. Thank you. When you do that, you notice that her eyes like hold like a glow once the fading of that candle and then they also fade too but it holds it for a much longer amount of time than you would have probably expected before the light fades as well okay floy are you doing anything throughout all this i mean you could say graham and alcott were like in the hall with you while gilly was taking it you can go in with gilly was there anything you were doing I probably wouldn't go in since I don't know too much about that. I'll just stay in the halls. Okay. All right. Um, anything else that you guys, either of you, would want to do right now for Elise? And again, Gilly, you passed your your heel test with flying colors. Like, it, there's no issues uh, with that at all. It's it's not a lack of like Alcott has done nothing you wouldn't have done. She's exceptional job. Everything's been clean but it's just something about this wound specifically um, feels different, you know? Um, I don't know. Uh, would, uh, could Gilly possibly ask her to like, cause it's it, uh, like cover her face and stuff so she can open the windows and get a better look at the, the wound. So Gilly slowly creeps over and no. puts a pillow <laughs> over top of this woman's face. That's fine. Yeah, um, we can we can flavor that all out. But I'll say that like ultimately, there's no there's no extra check that you need to roll or anything like that. Like we can play that out. You you bring you bring the light in, and you can again see. Uh, maybe the one thing that you would catch more than others is that her skin. Uh-huh. especially around the wound and radiating out from it is almost translucent in some ways. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, could you... Uh, let us know anything about Hollis? You ask, uh, yes, at least this. Yeah, just uh, Gilly's making like bedside talk to keep sure. her like occupied while uh, she's doing the inspection. He's he's fine. Last I spoke, it's been a month, maybe. The dogs are good. There was a a troll sighting. Oh no, he said. I thought I heard something. He said on the edge of the Chetwood troll moving. And there were 
carcasses. Also, they're just mangled, not properly dressed. Someone's collecting antlers. He was he was going to poke around and get back to me, but then this happened. Okay. Uh, and then Gilly just quietly like finishes wrapping the wound, packs it as necessary, and then steps out to. Okay. Find Chloe uh, and Alcott. Sure. And so you guys are all out there, no problem. Uh, all right. So we'll say then. It's um, evening. It's probably late afternoon, I'll say at this point. You guys have been moving about, doing some things. Uh, we'll kick back over to Daggett and Reniel momentarily. Uh, what would the two of you be doing? Um, I would probably be following Reniel's lead because she knows the area and has seen Hollis before. Uh, but I definitely want to start looking for Hollis. Okay. So yeah, Arinial probably would have like left word with uh, Gilly's folks that okay. uh, we were gonna go try to find Tallis. Okay. So we'll see Arinial and Daggett kind of moving through the farmlands of Coombe, stopping. We'll just like a little montage of you like passing by all these different farms as people are are kind of packing up their work for the day. Uh, you can see that there is one woman who starts to give Daggett a mean look before realizing it's the wrong dwarf. And you stop by, and you stop by the kettle grasses. You let them know. They let them know. So you kind of touch base. But then you want to head out of town to try to kind of navigate yes. the Midgewater Marshes. Okay, this is not like a half an hour. This is a investment of time. Yep. It's like a full. It's like a day travel and then we're it's getting time. paid for it so okay all right if that if that's what you guys want to do i just want to make sure everyone everyone's full up okay so you're gonna do you want to make sure that you're seeing floyd and gilly first before you do this or do you want to just go do it I, ideally we would have run into gilly and floyd um okay we can like just say that the again there yeah the midgewater marsh is like a day away and then you have to find them and he knows the marshes better than anybody. So, you know, it's not the easiest thing to find a guy who doesn't necessarily want to be found. Uh, so we'll say just for the for the sake of ease, why don't we have a kettle grass dinner uh, first? And so you meet sure, up at sure, the kettle grasses, sure. eat some food, share what's happened, uh, share some sweet grass, as one might expect. And we'll say as kind of as the dinner is sort of breaking down at that point, I'll turn it over to you all. Um, we'll say that Prim and, and Tolman are nearby, but they're not prying. They know that you all need to talk. So what would you guys be talking about? What's the plan here? So I went and saw Elise and her injury is grave. She, she spoke of seeing shadows at Maribum and Talendil's cottage. Oh no. And she was stabbed. I, I wonder, I hope it wasn't the uh, blade that went missing. Uh, when we were I, last of North. Maybe. I, I don't know, to be honest. 
But then <laughs> she spoke of Hollis. Someone was collecting antlers. There's a troll sighting out by the Chetwood. Well, we need to find Hollis. I, I We do need an update of what's happening. He, well, and this is, uh, I know, not seems insignificant in the face of everything else that we've been dealing with, but uh, his mother went and got herself arrested oh. uh, and is uh, really quite the burden on the Reeve, uh, poor Mr. Uh, Pickthorn. But this will work in our favor. We, we did promise Hollis so long ago that we would try to get his exile ended. And his mother has become such a uh, thorn in Mr. Pickthorn's side. And Erniel sort of grins that she made a little joke there. Um, that this might actually, of all things, get him released. If we can find him, bring him back, the Reeve will agree to release him from his exile, and then Marge will go back to live in her home. He also offered us the keys to the city if we find Alice. That or is, actually just get her out of the home one way or another. We could probably just forcibly remove her. That'd be the easiest option. He's quite desperate. In fact, she, um, well, you, you all have met her. She is quite the uh, personality, um, but this is actually a, uh, an upside too. That is good news. Hollis can come back into town. Indeed. And we'll spend worth? days of journey going out to the marshes and the woods. It will be. Do we think it's worth it? I think so. We could find out what put Elise in this situation, condition. True. True. He, he would... Yeah. Hollis would have information that might help her healing. I, I don't know how to heal her. I... I, I tried to heal poor Mr. Pickthorn earlier, Gilly, uh, doing as you had shown me. And I, I, I made the, the poor man's uh, pink eye much worse. It, it was pink. It's now more of a purple. I tried. I didn't do oh, so well. No. Uh, she I'm also called him Picklethorn. <laughs> I, yes, there's, there's, Yes. And, and this one apparently doesn't like uh, pre-Hobbit children. Gilly, can you believe that? They were pulling on his beard and he was quite offended and told the Reeve they should all be arrested. Can you believe that? Are you that? sure that they were Hobbit children and they weren't the human children? I wasn't there. I only heard the story. Hobbit children are villains. I'll have you know that that's false. Ha, huh, Mom. I was a delight. <laughs> You look over towards her and she... You, um... You, uh... <clears throat> you... Had some... It took a while to possibly get you, uh... House broken. Uh, to be honest there, sweet Gilly. You're old enough to hear this. Um, the dwarf has it right. You're, you were a bit of a menace. I've got to say. Gilly, you were a terror. Yeah. She quite like the dwarfs too, strangely enough. Every time we take her onto the green, we Mom! had to pull her away. Like, but... Oh, I... no, don't, 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 don't. 
and Iridial is just going to sort of just kind of chuckle and just say, oh, uh, Miss, Miss Kettlegrass, that hasn't exactly changed. Well, that's what I'll hear, and um, your your father and I are wondering if, you know, it's time to find a nice, you know, young Bree Hobbit for, for Miss Gilly to settle down with here, and all these drawings. We found so many drawings of dwarves in your bedroom there, Gilly, Mom. you were cleaning out. So, and Iridial just is not thrilled with this at all, but Iridial would sort of look over to Daggett and just say, well... I suppose it wasn't just your uh, sensitive feelings today, I guess. Sensitive? They pulled on my beard. Mm. Sure, sure. Well, I guess. Is that yeah, just Gilly, like more Gilly like- used to do that a lot when she was younger. She would pull on the beards. Yeah. She would always want to go visit the dwarf house. Oh, goodness. She used to steal the beards. Oh, meaning she would she would yank out the hair and then she would make little braids and then she would kind of put them in her hair, you know, like they were affectations. She would prance around. Did you around. make your own little beards, Gilly? Did you take the little hairs and put them together? I was very handsome. I, well, I no, you were the Lord. You were you you a beautiful young babe. I've met orcs that were better natured than those children. That's all I'm saying. Well, you know, you can see like, you can see like Prim is just sort of like kind of trying to nod along with you, but trying to be written. And then in the back, you just see, you just see Tolman who's just, just like chilling on the couch, just listening to all this and can't be bothered. Taking in the taking in the the this the sweet grass aroma that has now permeated the household. Gilly is desperately trying to change the subject. And Aridial will sort of look over to Daggett and just ask, uh, have you uh partaken with uh, Mr. Kettlegrass there? Perhaps it might uh ease your nerves there a bit. My nerves are fine, but I will not turn down some of this hap- halfling leaf that I've heard so much about. Gilly's shared a bit, and I've found it quite enjoyable. I think it might become a pastime of mine. Have we ever done a like a roll for Daggett smoking it? No. <laughs> just to see how he handles it? Let's just do that. Uh, I don't know. What do we Athletics, maybe? Just to, see, it's just to see how you handle the full-blown fresh crop. Sweet grass. That's true. You're probably, not actually that good at I athletics. I hope you're a lightweight. Unless I take a magical success, which I won't do here. Oh, we we did get a lot of uh, donations. If you want no, to take, I'll an take an audience six. Audience oh, die. I didn't see who did. I'm sorry. I totally missed it. I'm still a little slow. Uh, but thank you. Thank you. Yes, that was Griffin who dropped a, a thousand bits earlier. Thank so. you, Griffin. Appreciate That's it. That's an extraordinary success. Look at you. I, I I'm rolled sorry, I sixes. didn't see it. Uh, so I'm going to say it didn't happen. Uh, okay, no, no, no. Daggett, you get you get a pipe out. You have your new pipe or your old pipe. You sit down. You plop down on the couch next to next to Tolman. Kind of looks over at you and he's like, oh, Hey there, Mr. Dwarf. You want to... You ever try... Uh, you ever try any sweet grass? I've had a small taste of it on our journey, what little bit Gilly had left. 
I wouldn't oh. mind having some more. Glad to hear she wasn't wasting all of it on her little contraptions. Well, here you go. Guest in my house isn't going to go home unaltered, that's for sure. And he kind of pulls out this big old bag. And, like, you look at him, and you don't think the bag he would be pulling out is as big as it was, but he just holds up what looks like this massive this massive bag of, of weed, and he just kind of hands you over some. Sure. Puts a little in your pipe. I start packing it in. Okay. And the two of you are just sort of, like, leaning. Maybe you're leaning back. Over the night, maybe, you start leaning against each other here and there. He starts asking you weird questions. He's just like, Yeah, but... Master Dwarf, Master Daggett, I can call you Daggett, can't I? Of course, we're we're fast friends. Daggett, have you ever climbed a mountain? I prefer to go under grass. No. Oh. No. I see. Have you ever climbed a tree? No. On sweet grass. Also no. I I don't think I've climbed a tree. Have you ever ridden a pony? Yes. While the pony was on sweet grass. Now that's an idea. Oh, it calms them right down. They don't bite you in the face as much. My pony bites me in the face so much. I hear that's a sign of affection. I sure hope so. That pony loves me, if so. I think it's their version of kisses is what it is. Yeah, it took some chunk off before. You see this scar right here? Oh, that's a healthy looking scar right there. Yeah. You look, it, you it look locked its jaw, too. I had to do. rip it off. Oh, goodness. Well, you know the best thing to do. Sweet grass. Right. Well, okay, the second best thing to do. What's that? You, bu- you bite it back. You just bite it back. Just like that. Is that like a dominance thing? Oh, no. It's just it's just a, it's a please and thank you type of thing. It came and gave it a little, oh. little love tap, a little love nudge, and you give it back. I admit I'm, I'm relatively new to owning ponies. I, I only just picked up Boot uh, recently. Dang it. You and me right now, we're going to go bite your pony. Let's go. Come on. Up, up, up. Let's go bite a pony. <laughs> so you, the rest of you just see Daggett and Tolman just disappear from the house. And you vaguely hear like, we're going to bite that pony. As the door opens and you hear it close. And then Prim is just sort of shaking her head. I believe, I believe your father might have a problem there, Kitty. Yeah. Winnie just... in the distance. Yeah. Uh, He's okay. thankful he's not climbing the tree again. <laughs> that was a very ugly break, I'll say that. It took <laughs> it took Alcott months to get that thing back in its proper position. You know, he still can't bend his fingers on his right hand all the way. Oh, what 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 possibly convinced the man he could fly off a off a tree? Oh goodness. Sweet Anyhow. Grass. Sweet grass. So we'll say the night continues. You sleep. Morning wakes. We find maybe Daggett and Tolman and the pony asleep somewhere outside. Random bites on the pony's face and on Daggett's face. Uh, but you guys wake up. What do you want to do? So what's your plan? We, I threw something in front of you. The question mm-hmm. is, do you want to tackle this or 
do you have more pressing matters to attend to? What do you want to do? I'm assuming if we go to the woods or the marshes, it's still break the current journey. Uh, we don't necessarily have to do that. I would probably, I mean, if you want to, like, there's, there's really, like, there's nothing wrong with necessarily breaking the journey other than the fact that we convert, like, the travel and whatever. But, um, like, we can go ahead and leave it. Like, generally speaking, I think rules of the game, like, when you're taking extended scenes, it breaks the travel. But there's really no reason for it not to. So, like, for, like there's no reason. But it's just a question of, it's more of a timing thing for me. Like, are you guys lingering for another day or two here, which is how long this might take? Or do you want to push on? I'm okay on yeah, I'm also willing to spend some time here. Yeah, Elise's injury has us, at least Gilly, definitely concerned. Okay, so what we'll say is let's treat this like a skill endeavor to find Hollis, because that's what you want to do, right? You want to go find Hollis? Yes, we do. Okay, let's treat this like a skill endeavor. Um, it's not going to be too difficult. We're just going to make it a difficulty of six. Uh, I don't... There's no time limit on this, but the longer... It takes you the longer it takes you. And so it's really just like more time. So eventually you'll find him. It's just a question of whether you find him quickly within a day or whether it takes two days or a week or whatever. So we'll say you you pack up, you get a, a handful of basic supplies. You don't necessarily have to bring your ponies for this, um, but you take the the route eastward out of um, out of town until you find kind of a turnoff that kind of goes towards the Midgewater marshes and the north side. We won't do a full travel roll for this, but let's say we move into the into the swamp. Uh, you all tell me then who's taking the lead and how are you contributing to the skill endeavor to locate Hollis? I would say Arineal will start. Um, just trying to um, go off of the information that we had heard about... Um, because I believe, and now I'm not remembering if it was east or west, but I thought it was, there were there were trolls, I thought, to the west, and then there were some um, scattering of some right. uh, bodies and antlers and whatnot. There's the Chetwood, and then there's the Midgewater Marshes, and they kind of abut uh, against one another, the eastern side of the Chetwood and the western side of the Midgewater. And so eventually they kind of like spread over top of one another. So I'm kind of following the instructions, that the the stories that we had heard about what he had been looking into okay. with like the trolls and whatnot. What do you, so you're looking for, so yeah, he heard, you you heard stories of there being like carcasses and stuff along the, along the edge, yeah. angled, antlers kind of wrenched. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. So what do you want to roll? We can do I'm thinking explore. Explore is fine. Yeah, let's do that. Um, I'm going to give it a whirl. It's not one of my best, but I'm going to try and I'm going to take a... Uh, Audience, D6. And wow, I have rolled so many ones. So many ones. Uh, and a Sauron for uh, bookkeeping purposes there. Uh, let me, uh, so that's one, two, three, four. Yeah, that's a fail. You, um, so you will say maybe you, yeah, maybe you start in the Chetwood and you just sort of work your way east. You start venturing northward a bit along the line. Um, you're looking for any signs of, of like carcasses uh, that have been splayed out or left behind. Kills maybe of wolves or 
other creatures that might uh, that might populate either the Chetwood or the marshes themselves, because there are animals, wild animals, in both of these places. And although you might find like a dead bird or something here or there, there's nothing that stands out in the way that it was described to the group, which is just found this array of them. And you're unable. And I'll say, I mean, a good half a day passes with Arineal trying to kind of lead you all, like staying really, really close to the Chetwood. You're still seeing those larger trees. You don't really have the sogginess under your feet. At a certain point, you ventured so far north that like you could keep going, but you're getting further and further and further away from town. But you could keep going north and maybe it's further north, but you couldn't find anything that resembles, you know, a graveyard of, of, of deer or anything like that. I don't know what this mess was that they were talking about, but I certainly don't know what it was. I don't know. I need okay. to rest my eyes. Uh, who would like to try and pick up where Arineal was incapable of finding anything? Yeah, I can take over. I think there's like cabins or something that were out here. You know that or at least had one. Talendil and you know so there's a couple we we've populated Chet with a few things. There's Talendil and Marimben's cabin, which is the north north side of the Chetwood. Uh Arineal stayed there for a time. Uh, the tree bow fell through it, or both fell through it, and um and then Elise was going to repair it. Elise also has her own lean to cabin, but that's further south. So yeah, there's some cabins there you could potentially go. Too? Yeah, yeah. Let's try to hit up the cabin. See if there's something lingering. All right. Uh, would you do you want to go to the one where she was stabbed, which is Arineal's, Talendil's, Marimbem's, or do you just want to go to where Elise lives? Let's go to the stab site. Okay. Uh, you can roll and explore for that, and you can take uh, you can take favorite on it since it's a it's a familiar location. So you can you're going to be able to find your way there. It's just a question of can you get there quickly. Favored is a pass. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you, you move through the Chetwood. Uh, beautiful greenery, but it's dry. Everything's very dry. But you're able to hear, you know, you hear the sounds of things in the trees here and there. The distant sound of a wolf maybe howling or a fox or something like that scurrying underneath some overbrush. Uh, but eventually... Uh, you you kind of reach the sort of the clearing where Talendale and Marimbim had set up their home, where Arineal you had, you had kind of overtaken it. Uh, the it's kind of dark here. You can tell uh, first of all, like despite the despite the heat, despite the the dryness, the canopy overhead is still fairly lush, and you can see that Arineal when you get there, the first thing you notice is that Elise has done some work. Uh, and so the the roof has been partially patched. Repaired. Yeah. But yeah, you are. Did you get one success floor? Just the one? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, you've you've reached the cabin. You're looking around. Um, you do see on the inside signs of some sort of struggle. She has cleaned up a bit. Uh, but that's, we'll say, Floyd succeeded in getting you here. Who wants to pick up now? Could I do a scan test to look for clues? Go right ahead. 
And we do have extras if you want an extra D6. Yeah, I'll take a D6. Okay. Um, that was not good. That is um, a Sauron and... <laughs> I rolled four dice. I got two threes, two ones, and a Sauron. Uh, so that's a fail. Wow. It's um, You can tell that while Elise tr- has patched the place up, uh, the massive hole in the, in the roof is gone. It's been patched, but the patch job isn't great, um, and it hasn't been fully repaired. And so once you get inside, you do notice some leaves and such have started to kind of fall through. One of the shutters was open. It's kind of thrown a lot of wind around. Um, There definitely looks to have been an attempt to kind of clean some things up and pack some things away. But you can also tell that there have been animals in here. Uh, And so some of her provisions have been kind of eaten through. You can even smell maybe animal droppings. And maybe as you step in and you hear the crunch of the floorboards, like you hear something scurry in the dark corners and kind of out through like a, a hole in the foundation. Um, but it's, it's a place that's been, I mean, there might be clues hidden somewhere, but it's, boy, it's not easy to see leaves, dust, debris, uh, has has still kind of overtaken the place. Yeah. Um, I'll just be poking around seeing what I find. Okay. Uh, Gilly, do you want to, I think you haven't gone yet. Gilly, you want to do anything? Yeah, Gilly wanted to do an awareness for danger. So Sure. Yeah, uh, just do a sweep around or something like that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go go for it. Oh, that is a great success. Okay. Gilly, you notice um you notice uh over by there's a pond not too far away from the cottage. Uh, it's the pond where Arineal had an incident at. Um, it is not frozen over. It is perfectly. It's at the. It's at a. It's at a low water level because you can tell everything's kind of drought-like, but it's it's fine. But as you're over here, maybe refilling your, you know, your your skins or something like that, Gilly, you notice that there are very large footstep footprints in the ground. Uh, and I would say you guys have explored long enough and have done, have seen these things before. Gilly, you would be able to recognize a troll print very clearly. Very big as well. Uh, as far as you can tell, only the one. Uh, but as you're kind of leaning down and you see it and you're kind of filling up your skin and you're doing the classic drink, out of the corner of your eye, you notice in the pond itself, there's like three of these broken wrenched looking deer carcasses that are just plugged down into the middle of the water and you can see what looks like a nub from one of the antlers is just barely sticking up out of the water maybe even spit a little bit uh once you see it and that's what you get with your uh your grace success so uh so gilly will quickly rush back to the rest of the group um i found troll tracks Near the near the pond, and the the deer carcasses that you were looking for, yeah, they're at the bottom of the pond. Oh. Well, hmm. That's. Well. 
Well, that's great. So we just follow the tracks. Want to find the troll? Uh, yeah, we probably want to find the troll. I suppose that's right. You're right, Floy. That is that is a good idea. Okay. Was... Uh, hunting test by somebody. I can do that. I'm going to take an extra... favored so that's three and favored oh my gosh oh my gosh just i rolled a favored and rolled two saurons let me do some math because it's not an automatic fail it's just a one so 10 12 i do still pass um because I had a six, a four, a two, and then the one. So it's still a pass. But you did roll Sauron. But I did roll Sauron, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, Gilly points out the track. And although the further you get away from the pond, the less muddy and obvious they become, your ranger eyes are skilled enough to be able to recognize. And you find yourselves sort of venturing a little bit northeasternly, almost kind of going back. Not necessarily the way you came, because you guys came from the south, but going further, deeper into the Chetward, but also kind of working your way back somewhat to the marshes. And you've been here all day. Like, you've been wandering around. Like, this has been a full day's event. And so it's the sun goes down. You know, you get this sort of sense of you're going to end up having to camp out here. And you come across, Arineal, a... A very large, very discolored kind of brown-green burn, like a hill, with what looks like a kind of a crooked, uprooted tree that seems to be keeled over onto its side. Uh, you're not sure if it's dead, as you can still see there's things growing atop of it, uh, but it's ripped up and kind of keeled over onto its side, and you can see that someone has spent time kind of digging into the side of this hill. Because uh, you see not so much a cave opening as you just see somebody has wrenched the earth into the side of this hill. It's dark. It reeks. Looking around, you can immediately see that there are these strange little things that have been kind of hung along the outside. You can see something has been staked up out of the ground. And when you you know, as if like something, as it's creating some sort of opening, flanking, flanking that, that dug out hole. You also notice that all of the other vegetation in the area is sort of dark and, and kind of painfully twisted in some ways. Like you can see like trees are kind of coming up out of the ground. Bushes seem tangled, sort of wrenched in some fashion. It's a very strange sort of swath or patch of ground as you all uh, kind of venture into this area. Um, and there's probably about, I would say 30 yards from where you kind of clear the tree line and where that central burn is where something, someone has kind of dug out the side a bit and they're scattered about here and there are all of these kind of twisted and gnarled looking bits of vegetation. What do you guys want to do? Uh, and Arineal would kind of ask Gilly for her lantern. It's just so so dark here. Uh, point of clarification, Jeff, it would have been it was a great success because I did have a six 
in there as well. Okay. Um, you could use a little light. This, what has happened to this land? It's been some time since we were here, but this is the distress that this land has seen. I, we knew that last time we spoke with Hollis that this was getting darker. The marshes, it seems to be spreading. You are correct. You are a good, you're a good storyteller. You keep all of those notes in that journal of yours. I hope, I hope someday stories can be told of things that we do successfully. Come, Daggett. Let's check out the dugout. Do you think, Floy, that it is the evil of the Hobbit children corrupting these marshes and woods? It's an interesting theory you have there. Met my fair share of Hobbit children, but not as evil as you think. Well, your beard is still intact, so you're lucky. Let's check out the dugout. So the two of you move up, and when you get to the front, you first you notice that what's been stacked up, you can see that there's like a like a like a, a darkened branch of some kind, like a, almost like a black branch that's been stabbed into the ground, very slender, and you can see it has been stabbed through what looks like collected skulls of something, uh, animal skulls of some kind, deer, elk, that kind of thing, maybe a fox, something small. And it's just been stabbed through, and on either side, about five or six of them have been stacked up, kind of creating this entranceway. Um, you can see that the ground right out in front of this this dugout area uh, is muddy uh, and moist. You can see that there's there's no clear tracks, like one singular track, but rather evidence of a great amount of traffic coming and going, drag marks as well. Um, and do either of you have a light when you come up here? Uh, I do have the light that I can attach to my helm, okay. the candle. So if you do that, uh, you can see that the dugout area is is like a tunnel. It's maybe five to six feet in height and maybe around the same width. But it's you can see what looks like bits of, uh, of vegetation or tree roots and stuff that are kind of hanging down. It's not well framed uh and it's but it's and it's also very slimy what are your thoughts Floy? it goes on further shall we explore i'll uh take black fang and just kind of scrape some of that slime and get a good look at it it's just black mud like you hold it up and like even kind of touching it here and there, it's mud for sure. Uh, as uh, as you're kind of like holding it between your fingers, it's certainly nothing. There's nothing about. I don't that have to looks, worry about a xenomorph or anything. I didn't say that. <laughs> All right, let's go in. Okay, so you start crawling in, or actually, you're you're, you're both dwarves, so you would be fine. You can kind of go in standing up. Uh, Gillian or Rineal, what are you doing as the two of them go in? Gilly does have her lantern out, as Arunil requested. Um, 
We, I suppose we should follow. Yeah. We will enter in after. Okay. So the four of you start weaving in. It's not a very long tunnel. Uh, it's maybe 10 feet. And then it opens up into this pocket of earth. And it utterly reeks in here. To the point where if all of you could go ahead and roll a, a quick valor test at just the smell and scent of death, that would be really cool for me. Anything for you, buddy. Thanks, man. I am so good at valor. I failed. That is an extraordinary success. This is where all of the sixes were hiding (laughs) for Uh, this one roll. Just a pass. I rolled two ones and a Sauron. Oh my god! Another Sauron. Oh my god! And two ones on top of that, so I rolled a two. All right, both of the dwarves take a point of shadow as you start retching. You look around and you can see that there are just ripped up pieces of meat. Like when I say meat, I mean elk, fox, any type of creature that might be found within the Chetwood or within the Midwater marshes. You can see pieces of them in here. Partly eaten in some cases. Looks like someone has almost like just wrenched them, just sort of ripped them apart. You also notice, like from hanging, you know, from the ceiling and along the walls, there is like decoration. It's just antlers everywhere, just kind of hanging loosely. And as you start to retch, maybe Arena, you stand up and you bang your head. You're, you're the only one tall enough, and you can see like moving around, almost like it's a chandelier. These this antler formation that has been broken and retied and broken and retied. You notice off onto one side of this room, there is, and calling it a bed is overstating it, but the the four of you would be able to tell something slept here. Uh, They're not actively sleeping here right this moment, but you can see there has been enough kind of mud and debris that has been piled up to kind of create some kind of mattress effectively. Whatever lives here needs to be dealt with. This is quite excessive. Uh, Can we do like a scan or something? Just to. No, that's everything you see. There's nothing hidden. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, there's nothing. It's just like it's a it was a straight shot into a sort of a circular room lair type of thing for an animal or creature. Uh, Gilly would like to go back out and she's going to do like another, like a walk for danger kind of thing. Okay. Uh, so Gilly turns around, you go outside. Gilly, you don't take two steps outside the actual cave when you hear (laughs) and, uh, because Gilly's the one who walked out, Gilly is the (gasps) one who gets attacked. No. Ah, uh, sorry, Gilly. Uh, she had a good okay. run. She had a good run. This is gonna hurt. You <laughs> hush now. You hush. All right. This is gonna hurt. I'm sorry. Because uh, they get two attacks, and I'm gonna take. And to take your headphones off. She can't listen. Uh, all right. And it's doing this from a position of favored. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, yeah, that's over 20 on the, and I got one six. So. Oh gosh. Gilly, you take a step out and you feel something just smash you into the ground. Uh, and you're going to take 14 points of damage. And then the uh, second attack's going to come through. Don't do the backup yet. This is all God. part of the Sauron cash-in I'm doing. Uh, and then the second one is going to oh. sweep through and essentially try to, like, kind of golf you off the ground and just hurl uh -huh. you across the clearing. Oh, boy. Uh, that is also over 20, except this time I rolled a Sauron. What do we call Saurons again? Sauries. Uh. Sauries. I rolled a Sauri. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. So you're going to go ahead and this time it's going to be um, second. So the first one was 14 points of damage, uh, but no, no piercing roll. Uh, the second one is going to be seven points of damage, but you do have to make an injury roll on the second one. And this is all happening <laughs> super fast. Uh, and we're not actually in... This is just their 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 stalkery uh, surprise on you guys, and then we can we can jump into uh, we can jump into combat. So where do I take? Can I take knockback in this? On the, on the second one, you can take it on the knockback uh, because the first okay. one was like utter surprise. Uh, I'm going to say that one's going to go through the second one. Um, so you do knockback on that. That's three damage, but you still need to roll an injury test. So okay. I think you take a total. I think Gilly, you end up taking a total of seventeen between the two hits and then okay, make yeah. an injury test. Let me find that. A wound severity ta uh, table or No, no, I no, just haven't you, you had make injuries. make a protection roll. So, uh so you're going to roll a d12. Let me take a look. Uh see what you got. Um d12. I have uh two armor, so Okay, so so it's a d12 and two d6s. Let me know what you roll. I got a 10, 20. I got a 10 and two fives. Okay. Uh, so you you are fine on your protection roll, uh, but you do take the 17 points of damage. Uh, so I and have five endurance. Okay. Wait, what? Why do you only have five endurance? I just took 17. Oh, now you do. I was going to say, I thought yeah. you, you only had, I'm like, what? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the rest of you hear from the outside the pains of Gilly and the yeah, sound of horrific scream as like this cacophony of violence happens maybe ten feet away from you guys. We'll go ahead. We'll go ahead and we'll do uh, structured here now. Uh, and Gilly, I'm going to say you are right up in that biz. Okay. Uh, so the rest of you are inside. It's a six foot tall. I don't think anyone's going to have any trouble getting out, so we can go ahead and do that. Um, but what would everyone be doing in the immediate aftermath of that sound? And I'd rush out sword and running. Yeah. Charge okay. out with the X. Okay. So everyone starts charging out. Gilly, you come out as you burst through, you see Gilly in the ground, like, like literally in the ground and she has been smashed into it mud that black mud kind of covering her blood on her face and you see what looks like about a 15 foot tall troll standing over top of her naked as the day it was born you can see scars galore 
you can see there are sections of its skin where it's almost kind of pierced its jaw, what, what looks like antler and bone. And you can see it's got in its hand what looks like just a giant rock. Uh, and you can see there's blood dripping down from it, fresh blood, where it's just crashed onto Gilly. Uh, let me get your stances. Uh, forward. Forward. Okay. All of you just charge into forward. Okay. Yeah, we're uh, <laughs> in defense of Gilly. Okay. Gilly, I'm going to say that if you want to scramble away to get into uh, into range, that's fine. I'm going to say, though, it'll probably take you an action to do so. So Yeah, because we'll I did knock back, so I still need to stand right. up. Okay, perfect. All right, so yeah. we'll say for this first round, you are not necessarily in it. I'm going to say opening volleys have already happened. It did get the jump on you guys. Uh, and then we will go ahead and move in. You guys should be able to set your stances now. Okay. Uh, so yeah, whatever order you want, the three of you are there. Um, anyone handle this? I will swing Black Fang. Uh, right can, ahead. Can Sorry, I go ahead, Daniel? Can I go first? Absolutely. I was going to try to do intimidate foe. Okay, go right ahead. Uh, see if this works because uh, I was working on my. Oh, a little bit. Ooh, I hope this works. Um, so I've got favored and I've got just the one and I'll use an audience for another. Let's see if you can turn this dice luck around. That, there we go. That's a Gandalf. And no additional successes. So let me read Intimidate Foe. And the success enemy's morale has shaken and all opponents that might won are made weary on their next attack roll. What was the level of your success? Uh, just a regular success. It is ineffective. As you start shouting at yeah. this thing, it'll, as it looks like it's about to swing at Gilly once more, instead it will turn towards you and it will lean down so that it's its antler-pierced jaw is right over top of yours, and it will just say, <laughs> and you can see all sorts of these tiny little flecks of meat and animal fur come flying out and coat your face, as it is not a might one creature. Yeah, I, as I was reading it, I was like, "Ah, oh, damn!" You had to get. I, I think if you would have gotten a great success, it would have affected it. But yeah, because I was so excited by the Gandalf, but I didn't get any uh, extra. Okay. Uh, so that's a Rineal. Who is next? Yeah, I'll swing Black Fang. No. Go for uh, it. Uh, this has a parry of two, so it'll be a plus parry two of two. Attacks. Got that. Um. So I hit with a single success. Okay. Uh, single success. Uh, that okay. is six damage. Six points of damage. Let me check its abilities. Anything you can do. Okay. Yeah, just six, just six points. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, that's all so, I got. Yeah. I didn't get any it's extra successes. Screaming at a renial. It ignores you for a moment. You just take Black Fang and you just slash it right across like its leg as you stand behind it. Uh, Floy, what would you like to do? 
Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to nice. test out Kobar's cleaver on him. Slashes the shins. Nice, very nice. This is two. The two of the dwarves go go to town on the legs. <laughs> like shin splints. Oh man, I love trolls. Trolls are a lot of fun. They're not very complicated. Extraordinary success. Okay. Hey. Oh my god. So I'll, I'll do uh, double heavy blow. For well, twenty damage. Let me roll for injury first. Okay. All right. And so, Jeff, you got four uh, donations there. I saw oh my that. gosh. I know exactly how I'm going to use them too. In addition to all of the Saurons that we've been handing over all night. Uh, all right. Not a bad roll. Not a bad, uh, it's a 19 on my protection roll. How's that do against the injury rating of your injury weapon? 20. So you'll it pick takes, up an injury. It will take an injury. Uh, let's see. Okay. It'll take an injury. Uh, it's still it's still up, uh, but it will, in fact, take that injury. Uh, how much total damage was it? 21. Okay. So 21 it's 27 points you've done it so far. Okay. Uh, then, Arineal. Uh What would you... Uh, actually, no. Arineal already went. Uh, and Gilly, you're scrambling all the way in, to, get, to get out of the way. Yeah, she stood back up and... Okay. I was just given a bunch of stuff. I'm going to go ahead and tap into one of them complications. As Gilly, you're scrambling, you're scrambling, you're scrambling. You go to get up, you're fumbling with... You got black mud all over you you're fumbling with your to kind of get the bow out and you hear and you feel the earth kind of shake and the mud just sort of move around on the ground and when you look back you can see standing about five feet behind you is another one of these massive trolls Uh, as there are now two in the fight. No! Uh, okay. I will shake my fist and affectionately at that one, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I will let's see. Let's see who is going to charge it, though. Uh, you're so small that it might not even see you uh, as you are just scrambling around the mud. Uh, it'll actually, it will go out renewal. Actually, <laughs> your shaking of the fist apparently <laughs> was not as ineffectual as you think as this one. <laughs> and along the way, it kind of scoops up what looks like this, this piece of, uh, this piece, like this giant log and it comes and it's going to smash down right on top of renewal. Uh, so this one's going to take, I'm just going to take two shots at a renewal. Uh, okay. All right, it's not going to get favored anymore, but I will burn a hate to get an extra die. Uh, and you're in forward, so I get an extra die there. Yep. Okay. Uh, I got one six. Oh, I'm plenty good. Uh, uh -oh. 18 to 24, 28 to hit. One six. Um, I'm just going to do a heavy blow. Uh, 15 points of damage. On the first attack. Second attack. Uh, hold on, hold on. Uh, sorry. Sorry, just a quick question. And this is probably why you were asking earlier and I missed this. Um, so I have endurance loss at some point since we've been traveling. So you guys slept at, at Gilly's. You guys would have been full up. Okay. Yeah. I just, okay. Yeah, I wanted to make up. sure. No, you guys slept at, at the kettle grasses. That's, that's a safe 
That's a that's a full that's a full rest. It's fine with me. Okay, sorry. I just wanted to make sure if that was or that's oh, fine. So I'm about the to first kill one, you, so I'm I'm okay with it. The first one was fifteen. You said fifteen points. Yeah. All right. I will. I'll take that one. Okay. Okay. Uh, the second one, as he swing, as it swings once more with this 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 nasty looking mud soaked log, will swing down at you, Arineal. Uh This one's going to be. 21, 25, 27, 29 to hit. Uh, I do have a piercing blow and I have an extra six. So it's going to be 15 more points of damage and then make an injury roll. Oh, look at her fake coughing. Look at her fake coughing to try to get out of her, of her character dying. Look at her. Look at her. That's not real. Don't believe anything she's saying there. Don't let her gaslight you guys. That's some sympathy, Jeff. My goodness. <laughs> Sorry, that was a 15, you said? That was 15 points of damage again uh, as I'm, I'm going to spend my six on the heavy blow. I'm going to knock yeah. back on that. Okay. So take seven. Leave but me also, with four. You also need to make a, peer, uh, uh, a protection roll. I'm just going to roll that off the sheet. Okay. I rolled it on the sheet, got an extraordinary success. Okay, so you are not, you don't take the wound, you do roll away. There are now two trolls in the fight. One of them, the the one that Griffin uh, spawned, uh, is still in. The other one has already, hasn't gone, has one attack. Uh, it has taken a wound. Uh, it's going to choose then between its dwarf choices it's going to pick oh it's going to pick Daggett uh, I'll burn a hate you're also in forward okay Oof, that's not as good of a roll Neat. I chose forward when there were three of us on this thing though so I, can I take that back now 21 okay yep that hits okay uh, I rolled a one on the on the feet, but I did roll an, I did roll a six, so it'll be the one attack that it swings. I'll use the hammer attack. Uh, so it's going to take that big rock and smash it right down on you, Daggett, as it wreathes back in pain from where you and both Floyd. That's fifteen points of damage as I will heavy blow uh, with my one six, and that's its turn. So there are now two in the fight. Yeah, the second one. I am and weary. Okay. Uh, you guys messed up the first one, uh, but it's still up. What do you guys want to do next round? Arineal uh, is recovering from knockback. Okay. Gilly, you're you're into the fight now, I'm assuming ranged. Okay. Uh, Floy and Daggett, are you going to remain in forward stance, or are you going to get out of it like cowards? I'm going to remain in forward. I'll stay forward. Okay, uh, you guys are up first. The two of you, there's two of them. Uh, both Gilly and Arineal have suffered big time hits. Daggett, you've suffered one yourself. What do you guys want to do? Uh, I'd like to swing at the one that uh, we already hit. Go right ahead. Uh, ooh, that's still just a regular success. I can't roll a six for the life of me. Okay, Go uh, so that's six. Uh, six, six, six again. All right. Chipping away. 
And once more, as it removes the rock, your brains are now splattered over top of it. You keep enough of them to realize you can thrust out again and slash at the tough hide this creature has. Floy. Yeah, I'm going to continue follow-up, striking the same one. Go for it, man. It'll be a regular success for seven okay. damage. Seven more. All right. This one's still up. These things are sturdy creatures. All right. So, Gilly, uh, Arena, you're just getting up, right? Was there anything else you were going to do? Uh, no, I think that's all I can do this round. Okay, Gilly, uh, what do you want to do? Uh, I'm going to shoot at the one that's injured. Okay. Okay, so the one that Daggett is sort of going at here, yeah? Yeah. Can I uh, have a dice small? You certainly can. We also have enough for advantage if somebody wanted. Yeah. Uh, great success. Okay. Got, or is that extra? I got two two extra sixes. So extraordinary. Uh, that's extraordinary. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, so, so give me, so what's, so what's my the 10 die is a 10. So that, does that hit for injury? Yeah. For piercing? I, I, I would have to roll. I have to roll. All right. I will burn a hate for that to get an extra. Uh, oh boy. That's a good roll. Uh, 26 on my protection roll. No yeah, injury. Yeah, my injury is 16. What's the damage? Um, so then I'm going to do heavy blow, so for 12. 12 total? Okay. Yeah, this thing, you have worn through this thing pretty fiercely, but it's not, it is still up. These trolls are huge and strong. Uh, but you see an arrow just managed to catch it, like, right at the perfect spot in the neck, and it roars out in pain. But not yet, and it kind of reach. It's reaching back, like because it, like wherever you had just struck it, was a very good spot, uh, but not to the point where it's it's actually dead. Okay, um, then it's their turn. And this is probably the last swing this one will ever make in its life. The question is, which one of these dwarves is the recipient? Let's figure it out. It's gonna be Daggett again. Burn hate. I can take it. That's a lot of ones and a lot of sixes in that roll. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. It's 20 on the dot. Uh, yeah, that gets me. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to. Yeah, it's just going to be. I mean, I rolled a one on the feet die again, so I'm just going to heavy blow twice. Uh, so this is going to be a total of 23 points of damage for the swing. I will knock back on that one. <laughs> okay. So Daggett, you go rolling off as this one tries once more with that rock in its hand to smash you into bits. It catches your leg as you go kind of somersaulting away, thinking of rural Gilly perhaps. Uh, but uh, you live to fight another day. I'm down to two endurance. Okay. Oh my gosh. The other one then has only one target, and that will be Floy. Uh, and I will burn its stuff. 
Okay, no sixes, but I did... Oh, no, nine's not good enough, actually, for this weapon. Just a regular hit. So first attack is just a regular hit. Seven points of damage, Floy. All right. And then the second attack, I'm also going to burn a hate. All right, got one six. Let's ease. 12, 17, 23, 24. Uh, I'll burn the one six on a heavy blow, so that'll be a total of 15 points of damage. All good. And that is their turn. I am weary. You guys hear something. Gilly, maybe you're the first to hear it. You hear ruffling in like the in the brush. You see the ground kind of moving about. You see the mud once more. And you hear the sound. Ruff, ruff, ruff. And you see bursting through the brush. You see Hooper. And then Quint and kind of running after is Hollis Oak Stout. He's got some kind of crude looking weapon in his hand. Looks like a club of some kind. And he comes charge again. And he's like, you impatient twat. I'm going to get you. And he comes kind of charging in at this point, uh, joining the fray. Uh, But uh, we've been playing a little long, I think, for us. So I think we're going to end with Hollis and Hooper and Quint joining the scene as uh, my voice is starting to go on me. I can feel it. So I think I'm going to call it there. Uh, for the night. Hollis to the rescue. He's not that strong. We need it. Yeah, we need to protect he's, Hollis. He's not that strong. You're a liability, Hollis. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the, so Hollis in front of Leave the dogs. <laughs> so we have three of us that have less than five endurance. Uh, yeah, I just, have five. Yeah, just so four. you guys know, that was a, that was a, I, you guys did hit your, your sour on levels. Yeah. Uh, with all of those, which triggered the ambush. Uh, obviously, this was a potential combat, but I triggered the ambush. And then I used the audience die to add the second. Don't try to hide behind mechanics. We know you're a killer GM. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the rules of the book. Name all of the characters I've killed in this campaign. <laughs> Sorendir. Sorendir, right. Exactly. Who really killed so You're Sorendir, just coming after though? me is what it is. Okay, I see. <laughs> Who really killed Sorendir? That was me. That was Steven me. Did. Who is indeed? Okay, so a little bit of a side quest session here uh, has led to a very a, a very tough fight with two very angry large hill trolls uh, who are um, yeah they're gonna they're gonna mess you up. But hey hey, good news, you found Hollis, so that's good, right? <laughs> uh, As we die, we're like, oh, we found you. It's like, hey, we wanted to talk to you. That's great. I'm glad you're here. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's close it down, uh, and we'll pick up on that fight because uh, it's a new round. So we'll pick up on a brand new round since they just went with your new friend, you know, your old friends showing up. I'll pick on that next time. So let's do some closing plugs. Uh, Monday, we should be back for Horror on the Orient Express. So I think I have, I have every intentions of running that on Monday. Uh, so you can see Melissa and I in that. Uh, Tuesday, that would normally be Steven's night. Uh, Steven, you want to say anything about Forbidden Lands? Yeah, uh, Tuesday, we're planning on Forbidden Lands. Uh, as long as my voice stays here, uh, I will be running, uh, and we'll be picking up where we left off uh, after uh, they uh, invaded a warren of rat folk that uh, were a bit of a cult. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. 
Uh, fantastic. Next Friday is a Conan week. So our buddy Aaron, uh, who is in that Forbidden Lands game, uh, he's going to step into the GM seat, which would be weird. He would He's going to sit down in the GM seat uh, and he's going to run some Conan for us. Uh, and then we'll be back a week from today with episode 49 uh, for One Ring as we're getting very, very close. Uh, and then our plan right now uh, is we will actually have a week off on the 18th, but we'll be back on the 25th. The 25th is what we're planning to be our 50th. Uh, and we're going to do a little couple giveaways uh, from our friends at uh, Norse Foundry and from our friends at Free League who have agreed to give us some goodies uh, for some One Ring specific goodies to give away. Uh, we'll have some more details about that between now and then. But mark your calendars, get ready, and they are there's some giveaways. There's some some really good stuff. Uh, so get ready for that. Mark your calendars and come back. Uh, but thank you to everyone who hung out tonight. We're sorry we didn't go as long as normal. Uh, it's just there's we're getting back into it. We really uh, we don't want to push it too much here. Uh, so we'll be back again on Monday. We're gonna raid somebody. So follow the follow the raid. Uh, and uh, we'll catch you next time. All right? So, bye-bye. See you. Bye.